The Fail On Podcast, episode 024. And I remember thinking, I have no idea how I'm going to ever get out of this. Like, I can't conceive what the getting out of this looks like at this point. Because it's, there's just so bad. But I thought, okay, well, I'm in my early 20s. I was probably mid-20s at that point. I was like 25, 26. Am I going to be thinking about this when I'm 35? I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to get out of this by then. Welcome to the Fail On Podcast, where we explore the hardships and obstacles today's industry leaders face on their journey to the top of their fields through careful insight and thoughtful conversation. By embracing failure, we'll show you how to build momentum without being consumed by the result. Now, please welcome your host, Rob Nunnery. Hey there, and welcome to the show that believes embracing failure and sharing your honest struggle is the only way to achieve your dreams. In a world that only likes to share successes, we dissect the struggle by talking to honest and vulnerable entrepreneurs. This is a platform for their stories, and today's story is of Dan Dembski. Dan is currently the co-founder of Unbound Merino, one of my favorite companies on the planet. They sell travel apparel. I also sponsor them on the podcast in exchange for t-shirts, literally no money needed. Dan, just send me shirts. We'll talk more about Unbound Marino and how they raised $360,000 in their crowdfunding campaign, which is about 12x their goal. And we'll also go into some of his past businesses that he's owned and started and what actually made him get into business in the first place. Daniel is one of the most even-killed dudes I've ever met. Never too excited, never too stressed. You're going to love it. Great conversation, fascinating guy. But first, if you'd like to stay up to date on all the Fail On podcast interviews and key takeaways from each guest, simply go to failon.com and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the page. That's failon.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Fail On podcast. I am fortunate enough to be sitting here in Toronto with Dan Dembski. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me be here. It's awesome, man. So we actually got connected like really recently part of a similar community in terms of mastermind talks. I know we have a lot of mutual friends and you were recommended as somebody to talk, to sit down and chat with. So I appreciate you taking the time on a Friday afternoon. As I was saying before, I, I it's funny that I got recommended for, for the podcast about <laughs> failing. I don't know who did it's or what honor, the context right? was. Um, <laughs> doesn't hurt my ego that much, but it's funny to know that oh, I came gonna... to mind when we were talking about failure. To oh, someone. you have a podcast, podcast about failure. You got to talk to Dan. Yeah. Got to talk to Dan. Yeah, he's the king. <laughs> he embodies it. No, I love it though. So just so we have a little context about you and your background, just give us an idea of how you got into entrepreneurship and kind of the journey you traveled to get to what you're doing today. And I do want to get to what you're doing today because I, like I talked to you about before we got online, I think it's it's like my dream business. <laughs> it's like my cool. dream business and my dream product. So, but before we get there, let's, I want to hear about your background a little bit. You often hear this in, in a lot of entrepreneur stories that it kind of always is in their blood. I remember when CD burners first came out, my business partner and I were the first guys to get it because we can make mixed CDs and try to sell them and that was failure number one. We didn't sell. Like, I think we sold one or two. So but the, you know, the whole idea was to have it as a business. Yeah, and then we just started pirating PlayStation games instead and playing them yourselves. Yeah, just sitting there. <laughs> but the intent was there. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of always been a stream through my life, and I didn't have any clear vision that I'm going to have my own business one day. But 
I was freelancing doing video production because I was just enjoyed making little skit videos with my business partner who I started my first business with. And the freelance projects, word of mouth got around that we were great to work with just doing shooting and editing. And we started getting a project after project. What kind, of st- what kind of stuff were you shooting? At the time, anything. We were shooting mini doc. Like we would, some students were doing a documentary about some historical figure and they needed a camera guy for a day. And then they wanted help to edit this little. So we're talking $200, $300 projects. So you're just, vi- you're just literally, we're just like, sh- you're shooting and editing. You're not, you're not actually coming up with the ideas. No, at that moment in time, we were just shooting editing. We were freelance video, videographers, freelance editors. But we really enjoyed it because we wanted to make our own documentary films. And effectively, we were getting paid to learn. And we liked helping people do their projects for their film or for their business and just hanging out with the people and getting paid. Now, I'm talking not a lot of money. We get paid 250 bucks, 300 bucks. But was this the first time that somebody had actually given you money in exchange for a product or service that you gave them? Yeah. I mean, we... we so that's want- a pretty cool feeling, right? It's like... Yeah, it was... It was, it was mind-blowing to get our for you know to get 250 dollars for just doing shooting video right and editing the stuff you probably would do if you weren't getting paid anyways we were literally doing it so all of a sudden these people were hiring us and we would just completely over deliver because we liked the you know well we had to add a motion graphics thing in the edit here so we got books on how to learn motion graphics and we would stay up all night the amount of time we'd put into a typical $200, $300 $200, $300 project, it's like we might as well have just <laughs> like it's below minimum wage if you <laughs> yeah, break yeah. it down. But it wasn't about the but money, you loved obviously. It, right? Yeah, and that 300 bucks would go to get a filter for the lens. We, every single dollar. Because all I have you were in my mom's basement. This is where we're doing it all, right? There's no expenses. It's negative expenses because not only do you not have any overhead, you also get three hot meals a day delivered to you. You're good. It's the best possible place to ever start a business that's why so many businesses start in in the basement so that's where we were and we got busy i mean we had we couldn't handle the amount of work and this is just from word of mouth over time so you guys weren't trying to promote yourself it was just referrals like you have to use these guys these guys are crushing it these guys are doing really good work we really cared we were just so into it right till the point where we hired a friend into the basement we hired another guy so we had four guys in my mom's basement and then we got our first corporate gig. We didn't weren't even re- incorporated as a business. Sure. It was GE, and one of our clients. That's a big. That's a that's a big first big corporate well, gig. Well, here's the story behind that. The one of our clients that would hire us for you know three hundred bucks or whatever. He said, "I'm going to get you a, a little gig with GE." He was doing a project with them, and you guys can give me ten percent, but it'll be what you'll get is way more than the type of stuff you're billing anyway. So sure. So we went to this meeting with GE and we had no idea what we were, we couldn't even, we didn't even know how to send an invoice, <laughs> right? So we were right. used to cash in envelopes and my business partner, I remember he had these like torn jeans. Like we, we didn't <laughs> have any concept of having, how to look or be professional. Yeah. And they were laughing at it. Literally, they didn't care. They were cool with it, but they were literally laughing at us. Like, like who are these dudes? Yeah. Who are these, who are these guys? But we got the, the job and it was about $4,000 for this job. Like way more than you've gotten for anything else. Like ten, more than 10 times. But here's the thing. We finished this thing in like two and a half hours. It was the stupidest, easiest thing ever. And then at that point, we're like, wow, people spend a lot of money for this stuff. So that was when we said, okay, well, maybe we can make this a business. So we started, let's get a, we had to incorporate the business and all this. The business just formed and it became this wild ride of growth 
that I mean, we're talking about failure here, so I'll get I can get into that one yeah, last. Sure. But it grew really rapidly. We ended up moving downtown. We were hiring. It just like office it space, just happened. Everything. I left. Yeah, we got a wicked office right downtown. We we're hiring. The team was just growing. The projects were growing. It was just so fast. It was so crazy. And just for some context, how like what what years were this? Were this? Oh man! This so we incorporated. So we started. In, it's probably about almost 10 years ago. So I, w- I was 22 when we started. We incorporated a year. I was cor- I was 23 when we incorporated. So that was one night we, I guess we're starting to take it a little more seriously. And man, just a ton of things to learn in, in the process. And I had no business. I had no career before this. I was still in school. I left school. I was working at a, 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 a server at a pizza restaurant. I had to learn everything just by figuring it out no formal education in any of this stuff it just all of a sudden i was a business owner once you started growing were you still doing the shooting and editing or did you kind of morph out of that role into like more of a manager operator type yeah very quickly i remember i remember the moment i stopped editing when we were on a project and at that time my business partner and i we would both do everything including editing and shooting and I was going to start editing this project and he thought it was too big. No, like I'm going to edit this one because he's clearly a better, he was a way better editor than I was. Why would you do this? You go and find more business because this is a big one. I'm going to edit this one. So that was, all right, you do it. So at that point, kind of, I just stopped being an editor. I never went back and I stopped shooting around that. I, around that time too. I remember the last time I shot, you were still putting a tape in the camera. So, you know, it's a long time ago. And then I was just, the business development guy. My role, and I happily took on sales and business development. I loved it. I was reading every book there was of sales. I was going to every conference. Like I just wanted to learn it because I that was my responsibility. New skill. You wanted to master it. So that that was the, the the start. So how did that transition? So how obviously you're not still doing that today. So what was the progression in terms of what made you get out of that business and get into your next venture? And what was that next venture? So many years ago now, for me, I can only do this, the service industry for so long because you, you have to be a hunter and I couldn't imagine doing this for another decade and, you know, because you get, you get tired and you work so much to help these brands market their product and the brands are, are, they're huge and they have all the budgets and the service industry, like in my, not for, not always. And if you love the service, it's great and it can be great. But for me, I felt like I'm dealing with these advertising agencies that we're partnered with and these brands and I'm never selling my own thing. I'm just helping. The piece of me got jaded. And no matter how hard I worked, the most you'd ever get out of it is equal to what you put in. So if I can do six months trying to close this huge deal and the deal is huge, it's great. It keeps the company busy, but That'll only keep, that's, we're only as good as that deal. Yeah. We have to go on to the next one. It's always got on to it, the next one. It. And I remember, I remember one of our first, not GE, but we did another client after the first time we ever got a check for more than $10,000. I remember, I remember we went in for that meeting. We told them this thing would cost about this much money. And they said, okay, can we uh, pay you up front for it? Like, yeah, sure. And they wrote this check and. I remember going back to the car with my business partner after 
they they did I'm, literally they did it like right then and there. They wrote this check, <laughs> and I, I found it after it's because they're at the end of their budget season. They just needed to spend uh, some yeah, dough. Yeah. So we were so stoked. Like we we pretended like oh yeah it's cool just hey, write this check yeah, for course. us yeah whatever. 10K. We're so used to people just writing <laughs> checks like without doing anything. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Just like go ahead. So we got to the car and we looked at each other like. Holy shit. That was crazy. <laughs> like we our excitement just poured out. But I remember many many years later getting a check for like $190,000 and just being miserable about it, right? Cuz it's just like what's this going to do for? Like this is just like to pay more just yeah, the salaries to and cover the, the overhead. overhead that we, like the, you could hear like the failure of me not knowing what I'm doing is seeping into the story now cuz we had no freaking idea what we were doing. We grew this company, we brought on a staff it just became like feeding the beast and we got a lot smarter over the years and we did a lot of things right a lot of things wrong but in the back of my head i'm like i just want to have my own product so my business partners and i were just tinkering with ideas and we went through so many and we ended up there's a whole other story how we got here but we ended up a couple of years about three years ago starting a sock brand which is socks designed by street artists and it's a total fun project. Um, we created our own brand. We did a w- awesome video content. We got great PR. We were supporting artists. You know, we get royalties for every sock that we sell. So it was like we feel good about it. It's cool. And I was only able to take that so far. It did all right, but I wasn't taking paychecks from there. I was sort of still taking a salary from the video production agency while my business partner ran it, and while I'm trying these new businesses and. Did your and, partner know that you're... Oh, he was all for it. He was a okay. partner in it. Like, yeah. that was the deal. Oh, got it. Got so, it. you know, he's the best guy in the world and super supportive. So that was the deal because we both agreed that creating our own brand, is that's the thing. That's the next step. So I worked on that for almost three years now. And that business is still going. I've since pulled out of that because of the new thing. So I want to keep going and just talk about where I'm at now. <laughs> or, Dude, this is the one I get excited about. So okay, yeah, okay. Unbound Merino, right? So yeah, so Unbound Merino started because I wanted it to exist. I was looking for this product. and I You and every other guy in the world, by the way. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> really? this is the thing. Is I, I, this is how it started. I was, I was at a conference. It was in, we went to Athens, Greece, and I brought my wife with, and we went for a trip to this small town called Hydra, which if anyone look up Hydra, H-Y-D-R-A is the coolest place. It, it was just an awesome, awesome place that I don't often hear about when people go to Greece. Yeah, I haven't heard that recommendation. It's either. so cool. And But the thing about Hydra is there's no roads and it's all on a hill. So if you want to go up to your hotel, you have to climb up. The, I mean, it's it's not like that steep, but it's like, it's like kind of, it's a bit steep. And your hotel's kind of way at the top of this hill, and there's two ways to get your luggage up there. You schlep it right up up these stone steps, or you pay a guy that has donkeys, and there's a bunch of donkeys at the foot of the of the bay there, and you can pay them. And I'm like, I don't pay no donkeys. And <laughs> but the thing is, is because we were st- on this trip, we stopped in London, England to visit some friends. We went to Athens, then we had this stop in Hydra, and then we went back to Athens for a couple of days and then back home. And there was some dinners to be at. We're going to a friend, going out. My wife packed so much because, oh, I need a dress for this. I need this. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I can 100% relate to this. <laughs> so I, 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 even then, like I'm traveling late because I'm just pretty 
pretty minimalist with that stuff. I don't need a lot of stuff. I just need what I need. Obviously, I'm the guy to carry her huge-ass suitcase up the thing. It's me yeah. or the donkey. Yeah. It's I, not her. I'm getting it too, yeah. So I get up to the hotel, and I said, and I, I, th- I think we were engaged at that point. No, no, we were not engaged. But I said, the next trip, I don't care where we go, carry-ons. We both have a carry-on. I don't care where we're going. I don't care how long. You have to figure it out. And she, <laughs> and she agreed. Like yeah. she was really yeah, okay. Yeah, she agreed because she felt bad. Like it's so stupid. You not just for me having to haul. Like I, I'll haul their thing up, but it's also she doesn't want to have all this stuff. It's annoying. It's just like she had to even packing it. I had to sit on the thing for her to zip her suitcase shut. Just the whole. Clearly, it sucks. It's an issue. Yeah. So let's not do this again. So our next trip ended up being our honeymoon, and we she remembered, and we decided okay, we're going to. We got these little carry-on suitcases, and I got her one as a gift because to make her excited about right, this, right. like this new carry-on life. And I started trying to find ways to travel with just a carry-on. And I was googling and doing research, and I discovered merino wool. And like, this is brilliant. This is awesome. So I started looking for more options of what I could get for merino wool because I can wear these shirts, and they they won't smell if I wear them many days in a row and I won't have to do that laundry. I can bring less stuff. And where I live in Toronto is right next to the, probably the only three stores in the city and, or in the country. Cause if you can get the, this type of clothing anywhere in the country, it would be these stores in other cities. I am a three minute walk from all these stores. So I'm in the perfect place to get this stuff. But everything that I found looked so ridiculous to me. I mean, some of it is activewear. It's made for people. It's commonly, it's, this stuff is very well known in the world of activewear. People who go cycling and do the triathlon, those type of guys. The type of guys who will go and you'll see them in a coffee shop. They still look like they they just came from a triathlon. They yeah. love wearing this. They all, <laughs> yeah. They're always sporty looking, you know? Right. They always have like a pedometer like <laughs> connected to everything. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm just not one of them. I'm just not, I don't want to look. Like I just did a triathlon. I wanted like, why can't I just get something that looks like nice, and simple and classic looking. And I remember going into another store and this shirt was a hundred bucks and it was a, a nice quality Merino wool, but it had like a big timber wolf on it and said, live free. There's something and weird. Who pay hundred bucks for this? <laughs> who are, who's your market? Right. So then I started looking online and it was, I couldn't find I mean, I found I could find the material and companies that made great stuff for athletes, for the people who are the outdoors type who go portaging. And why don't people just make a nice black V-neck or crew neck? And I just I couldn't find it. So, so I wanted it for me, the product itself, but I started losing sleep over this thing because I found like I'm like, why is no one creating this? I should I do this? But my challenge was. I have this sock brand, which is not that, not that, I mean, it's, we're a year in. I also still have this video production business. So I'm, I'm, I don't have time. Right. And a big mentor of mine and a very respected business coach in the city who I, I was fortunate enough to work with in, in another context. Who's that? His name's Les Rabinovich. Absolute brilliant guy. I called him up and I explained this whole thing. And he just let me do my whole thing, everything you just heard plus more. And I said, wow, I totally get it. It's like, I love that stuff. He knows that stuff. He's a big, like, you know, outdoors kind of guy. And I think it's a brilliant idea. And I'm like, yeah. 
He's like, but you can't do it. I said, why not? He's like, you don't have time. Like you have to like you're spreading yourself so thin. You just want to fail at everything. He's like, you shouldn't do it. It's not all right. Yeah, you know what? I kind of expected that. You're right. I'm, I shouldn't do it. So I've, I was kind of bummed out because I really felt, I felt like this is like, oh, it's such a good idea, but how are you doing things? Maybe I should just go tell someone else to do it. So that was my original idea. I'm going to get a couple of friends and maybe I'll just like coach them and like get, I'll have a little piece because they should go start it out. And I started talking to two of my best friends and, and we, I don't even know, I don't remember the, the, the conversation or how it evolved from me trying to get them to do it to me. Well, let's just all do it. <laughs> I guess it's my excitement, but we're all yeah, just, yeah. the idea was let's do a crowdfunding campaign. And the thinking behind that was let's, let's meet up every Friday night. And to this day, I still do today's Friday at, at 9 PM. I have we've been doing this for a year and a half. I, unless I had to be out of town Friday nights, that's what I do. I we work till about 2 AM. We'll grab some beers. It's our night. And that's what we did because one of the guys, my partners, Dima, he has a full-time job. Andrew worked with us for Biz Media. We had to find time in our schedules outside of the regular world to, to do this. And our thinking was, let's do the crowdfunding campaign because I don't care if it fails. If it fails, whatever. I didn't dish out tons of money. People aren't going to judge me. It's like at least it's the attempt. But in the back of my head, I'm like, this thing's, this thing's can work it should it's it's good we're gonna do it right and it's gonna be my it's gonna be the thing that lets me stop doing everything else and it's really, gonna work yeah and it's really be work. happy with what you're doing right because I, I you know what this brand is so authentically me the marketing is not i mean we want to do a good job but I, it's not like we are at short of ideas like how do we appeal to this market like i am the core <laughs> consumer of this product <laughs> you and me both yeah, yeah, yeah. if it failed i don't care because i have made all the samples for me i'll have them and hopefully i have enough to last me for a few years i'll just not gain too much weight you know <laughs> just stay the same size just so the audience has some context what exactly what are the products what are they unbound merino is so right now it's just for men but we have women's coming out in the summer but it's a line of merino wool clothing yeah t-shirts socks and underwear and merino wool is a super fine wool. It doesn't feel anything like the kind of wool that a lot of people think of when they think of scratchy, wool. It's not itchy. scratchy. It's not thick. It feels like, I mean, you can feel the shirt here. Yeah. Yeah, it's super soft. It's soft. It's thin. It's like it's like putting on a, it's, it's like a cotton cashmere blend almost. Like it's, it's, and it is the most brilliant natural fabric that you could find on the market. It's odor resistant it wicks moisture it's temperature regulating so if it's cold out it allows you to retain your body heat but it, because it wicks it keeps you cool too if it's hot i mean you're not able to work out in this thing and sweat and oh yeah you can but yeah i know you can but you're saying it won't stink after like a day no it will not i mean i've tested so if it's crazy so when we did our crowdfunding campaign what we showed in the video is real i tested i i, I can't put this product on the market and have it be a sustainable business if it doesn't work. So we tested the shit out of it. So can I say shit? Of course you okay. just did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so we did, I did 46 days in a row and I mean, I went in the sauna. I worked, uh, have you at night, I would hang it up on a hanger, let it air out. 
that's important. You have to let it dry and air out. Yeah, you can't sleep. You can't like not take it off for forty six days. Just well, it just who'd want to do that, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. you never know. Yeah. So as long as it's that's 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 how it it works. As long as because it, it doesn't, the moisture doesn't bind to the wool, and it wicks away and evaporates. That's why it's not smelling. It's not like some kind of crazy science. It's natural. The reason your shirts smell is because if you work out in a cotton shirt, the moisture absorbs into the cotton and it breeds bacteria. That's it. It's very simple. It's just completely naturally occurring. That odor occurs because of bacteria. If you don't let mo- if moisture doesn't have the opportunity to s- absorb into the fabric, then it bacteria can't doesn't bacteria. grow. It doesn't Got smell. It. Got it. So I would go to the extreme. Like I do a workout, but stair climb or elliptical sweat and then sit in the sauna just and drenched drenched i'd walk in the sweltering heat to the point where you have to peel the shirt off because you're so sweaty like i'm just dripping let it air out put it on the next day it's like nothing like, and it's all it smells it not that it smells great it's just there's no, it smells like it smells like if you took a clean t-shirt out of your drawer it smells like a shirt it's awesome you know? yeah. it's just like doesn't smell like, like i said every guy's dream <laughs> absolutely and people go some go that's gross i'm like no it's not yeah. Wow. I'm like, when's the last time you washed those jeans? <laughs> What's the difference? Do you know why? Because it's the same thing. The denim has a very, a similar effect in that, of course, if you get it dirty, you should wash it. If you're going to spill some gravy on your jeans, you're going to wash them. Right? <laughs> why, why, same thing with the shirt. Why gravy of all things? <laughs> I was just trying to think of something that's sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any, you spill anything but water, you're going to wash your jeans. <laughs> sure. For sure. the most part. So maybe I just want some gravy. And. Uh, Sounds There's good. a Popeye's down the street. <laughs> so it's just a, the most amazing material. So we created a line of clothing that, because it has these properties, we positioned it towards travelers because that was my original intention. It, it's that the marketing is around, around solving that problem I had. It goes beyond that into your life. But when I go traveling, I did three and a half weeks in Southeast Asia. That's what we talk about in, in the video. You could see my backpack over there. It's a little backpack. And that's all I, I take with me. And I just love it. I love the feeling of getting off the airplane and just walking right past the luggage carousel. I see people stacking their suitcases. Just like, it's so unnecessary. So I live this. So for me, this is why I, I needed to test this out and get it out there because I wanted it to exist because it's the world I want to live in. I want to I do this for my work because the people I sell to are like me. Like, some cool stuff's happening now. I get we sold in ninety countries now. One guy in, in Cologne, Germany, he emailed and asked him a question. And he ordered, and we're saying, "I'm oh, I'm, and I'm going. I'm going in at the end of April." And I said, "Can you let me know some places to, to check out while I'm there?" And he says, "Let's go for a beer." So this guy, I I looked him up on Facebook. I, I turns out I actually have a mutual friend with this guy <laughs> here in Toronto. No way. Yeah, and he's totally plugged into the entrepreneur community and. I'm like, I love to, this is perfect. It's awesome. So like I, I'm going for a beer with this guy in Cologne and this lo- like that's what this whole brand is to me. Yeah, it's like cool. living like like a feeling like you're not like bound to your stuff and feeling like a true tourist in the in when you're traveling. I want to just feel like I, freedom, I right? fit right in yeah, and, yeah. and I have I'm meeting this cool guy who's also an entrepreneur in Cologne. It's just like everything is coming together that's like this is me. So it took I mean, we've been doing the socks for years, but the idea for a year before that. So for years I've been trying to get to figure out what is the product and in the process I, I learned what the right one was and it's pretty new but it's going really well. So. And I know you mentioned the the crowdfunding campaign. 
what platform did you do it on and what were the results? And is it over or is it still going? We did on Indiegogo. Okay. And the, that was on a friend's recommendation that they're smaller than Kickstarter so you can access the people that work there a little easier and they were very supportive and it was a good choice for us. I, do, I, I, I sometimes wonder if I were on Kickstarter, would I have would not have done big, as well or yeah. would it maybe have been tripled the size? <laughs> it doesn't matter to me though because right. it went well and it, it really started. What, what was your goal? We, our goal, if we said it was 30,000, but really we needed 70. The reason why we said 30 is because it was easier to get to 100%. And once you're at 100%, people think, congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know. It's like, really, I'm not there yet. <laughs> but it, it had an effect where you know, we people trust, put you know, backing it a little bit more. If it gave traction, hard. right? Yeah, it just appeared more yeah. It's easier to appear more successful. If you see one successful. with like 10% achieved, you're like, ah, oh, it's probably not that good yeah, then, I'll wait, right? I'll wait maybe. Yeah, if exactly. It, if, it, if it fires up. And we were able to get a lot of friends and family to boost that, uh, get us close. You know, I, the, the first 10,000 was 95% friends and family that were supporting. So, And then how much did you actually raise off that 30,000 goal? Well, We're 70. at 360. So we, we ended at 300,000. So thousand percent yeah it's awesome even at our real goal which was close just shy of 70 it, we still went way past that it was enough to get a good inventory to have like and then we had really budgeted well what we wanted to do to make this thing work and to get it started but indiegogo allows you to continue to sell after the fact so it's at i think it's sitting at three hundred sixty thousand, a little over that and now we have our store which launched in december which so you're live you, yeah you're selling yeah, so I was. This was the 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 fear I had. Was we did the crowdfunding. We did a good job. It, but this is not a business. That that was just a that was just a crowdfunding campaign. Is it a business? Can we get people to go to our site? Are people gonna like the product enough that they're gonna tell their friends? And we launched on I think it was December fourteenth of twenty sixteen. And I remember after we launched, we we had some meetings set up so that we could plan out some of the the page content. And I remember about five days after we launched, we were got together and we started working on some things for the website and went to the back end and I saw all these orders. We haven't even announced the website. How do these people find it? Right. So I'm like, that was the coolest that's feeling. That's amazing, yeah. To me, that's like, you know when you hear, hear the story of a band and they hear their song on the radio for the first time? That's, that's your moment. Like that's what we was because I'm like, wow, people are talking. Like they went, I had no idea how they would have found the website because it wasn't like, like you nothing. Had to, like they couldn't Google search it and find it, right? They, that's they maybe, could, maybe but like how they were like there were people out there searching. Like you had to really find it. Yeah, you had to go looking yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't link to it anywhere. You know, like it just so wow. If we had our inventory, we filled in those orders, and then and, and we just started organizing. And I left everything. I'm like I'm I don't this is it. I'm not doing my other businesses. Anymore. So now you're totally free of that all of that, and you're unbound merino only. Yeah, well, what happened? So with Biz Media, the video production, and it's still going. Well, my my business partner is running it, and he's 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 awesome. He's doing an awesome job. But I, I had this. I don't know what happened, but my email started bouncing, and it was something I could have fixed. It probably would have taken fifteen minutes out of the call and fix it, and I just never did. <laughs> I never beautiful. fixed it, and I don't know what emails I missed. But all of a sudden, it just and I'm like, I'm I'm never gonna fix it. Like that was it. Moment of happiness, actually. So like people a, contact me. Hey, your email's bouncing. So oh, yeah, I use this one now. So if people need to reach me. They can figure it out. They can find me on Facebook. Like, but I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. I like it. No, that's a beautiful story. So 
obviously the the podcast is based on failure. It's called Fell On with the idea of if you're not failing, you're not growing. So along your journey, what's been the most painful part of the process of getting to where you are today? Okay. Some entrepreneurs create these fast growth, growth businesses and they'll make mistakes. But for me, it's been definitely just my life has just been full of those. You know, it's a good quote I heard once when I was talking about sales before. The, I remember the first, when I first started learning sales, I went to the Art of Sales in Toronto. And these conferences are awesome. There's like art of marketing and art of sales and art of leadership. But the art of sales, I think this was their first one. And Jeffrey Gittimer wrote this book, The Art of Sales, or no, The Sales Bible. And he was speaking at The Art of Sales. And I remember him saying this line that there's no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. And that resonated with me huge, which made all the massive amounts of failures feel really feedbacky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like lessons. Just, yeah, they're just lessons. So I don't know if it's my nature. I don't know if I, it was from hearing things like that from people like Jeffrey Gittimer, but I'm pretty good at dealing with being in the heart of the storm. I just don't let it get to me very much. I just always try to focus on, well, this is where I'm at. What should I be doing to move forward? Like I might be screwed for the next three months, two days, whatever it might be, but what can I do now? And that will help me get in the right direction. And that's the only thing I should worry about and concern myself with is just do it. Just do that stuff. So I can be pretty Zen and and I've been in some serious, like I remember, (laughs) I don't even remember the client to be honest, but I remember we had a, a a big project about to close and it was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and we were waiting just to get the, the deposit on it. And we have a bunch of staff, you know, we're like tight, like almost at the, at the brink of not being able to make payroll and very little in the pipeline, but at least you have this project. And right, right at the, the, the point when we should have been received, actually a week after we should have received the deposit, all of a sudden the whole project just got put on hold to never happen. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I need like, I need $100,000 right now. And like, just to like get by. Just to cover expenses. Just to get by. Like I'm so, like it was so bad. This is the worst it's ever been. And I don't have much in the pipeline. Um, Like I feel so screwed. And I remember thinking, I have no idea how I'm going to ever get out of this. Like I can't conceive what the getting out of this looks like at this point. Because it's, there's just so bad. But I thought, okay, well, I'm in my early 20s. I was probably mid-20s at that point. I was like 25, 26. Am I going to be thinking about this when I'm 35? I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to f- get out of this by then. Right? You know, yeah, like it's right, like I'm going to get out of this at some point. <laughs> it's right now that it's so, so bad. So I thought, well, all I can do is try to push to close this deal, like make it happen. But the chances of that are slim to none. And just sleep a little bit less and push a little harder on the business development. Just do it. Just go nuts and but not emotionally just stay focused because all i can do is close deals or i'm not paying people their salaries like i'm i'm in a bad place how quickly did you need the money like when probably like, for, like i i we could have gotten by for a month max 
like I don't remember the exact the specifics, but that sounds about right. Like we were we were like like I was like trying to get that deposit in because it was a little, already a little late. Like we need it, we need it. But you know, I was I became a master of of getting that those funds in fast, but not looking like we need it. You know, Got it's it. like yeah. A, that's a skill, right? Yeah, like, it's all. It's, yeah, I'm desperate like, for money, but like yeah, playing it cool. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> just like it's important just that send, you send it when you can. Yeah, no, it's just like you know, like you got like little like uh, subtleties of, of of why they need to pay it ahead of like, you know on time. What I wasn't telling them is, dude, like fucking, we need the money give yesterday. It. Yeah. Give it. <laughs> so, I was really chill. I remember thinking like after just like really stewing on how terrible of a situation it is. I'm like, all I can do is find business. How, how are you able to stay kind of even keel level headed? Is that, is that how you've always been? Is that your personality or is that kind of something you've had to develop? I, I was thinking about this recently. I don't know if it's just the product of, you know, if you read the book, I read all of the classic business books that you're supposed to read when I started. So there's the seven habits of highly effective people's one. And they talk about your sphere of influence. If it's not in your sphere of influence, then don't you have nothing to concern yourself with like if you can make an impact on this thing then give it your attention and give it your heart but if you can't then don't even think about it it doesn't matter it's irrelevant to you so i there's little lessons like that like i can all i can in that situation what was in my sphere of influence was trying to see if there's can salvage that deposit although i doubted it and find new business yeah so what was what was the actual what did you end up doing I beat on LinkedIn. I was banging doors. I just went after calling up people, just setting up coffees. And I think it was about three days later where it's just like I opened, I kicked the door open rapidly. Like this is, I couldn't have expected this, but I remember thinking like I knew I'd get out of this, but I didn't think it would be three days later. So it's like I was able to recover in that moment. And I mean, I might've gone weeks, but all I would keep doing is all I can do is stay in my sphere of influence and what's in my sphere of influence is banging on doors. And so I, I don't know how I, I, why I can, why it's in my nature to be chill in those situations, but I've learned that. And I, I consciously remain chill and chill, really- chill. And it, and it seems like by doing that staying in your sphere of influence, it's a tough, that's a mouthful. <laughs> It makes you stay uber focused. It seems like you had no other option because you were looking at you had one goal: yeah. get more business. Yeah, just or else, yeah. right? And or, it was about shooting out, like setting up the meetings. You know, talking to new people, talking to existing clients. Laser focus. I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have to have conversations with the team. I didn't have to have. I didn't have to do anything with that. I think business is super simple, like that, right? Like if you, like, really break it down to like to a simplistic state like that. And it's like business booms like that. Cause I think of like, we were talking a little bit before about, you know, my previous business and the affiliate space and scaling campaigns. And it's, it's just like that you find, like we were talking about Facebook campaigns for you. You find a campaign that works like one of those 10 silos that we were talking about. And you've got a X dollar CPA. You, you just spend more, right? You scale that you spend as much as you can until it doesn't work. And it's so simple to me because that's like the logical thing is you find one thing that works and you go so hard at it until until it doesn't because eventually it'll stop working. Yeah, it's just it's just optimizing. Yeah. I was optimizing my time. You're optimizing your campaign. Yeah. Just like just focus. And I knew what I should be doing day in and day out. And 
maybe I should have been doing that all the time, not just when shit hit the fan. Yeah, but it it puts you into a state where you knew exactly what you had to do and you had one goal. Yeah. So I think there's if we, nothing better. I, I truly think there's no better place to be in, in business than to narrow down the one thing, just the one thing. Totally agree. Like, like put yourself, I think this, this is super extreme, right? But I think about it a lot because it pushes me to, to focus and like really push myself out of my comfort zone as well. But as you know, like in that same situation that you're in where you had 30 days, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, you have to get this done in 30 days, you're, you're going to get it done. Let's be honest. It's funny that you say that because that was the same thing we used to say all the time. We used to intentionally, we'd call it putting the gun to our head. So it would be uh, getting the, the you know, a, a radio, get a, if you got a radio interview, put yourself in a situation where you have to go and be like, and sometimes I don't want to be on that radio interview. Like I, I, I'd rather stay home, you know, like I, I'm actually not a very outgoing guy at all. Getting out is always just a, I do it if I. I have, it's hard to, for me to be compelled to, but we used to always say, put the gun to your head, like put yourself in situations you can't back out of the big pitch, the interview, whatever it might be, because then you like, you get anxious, but you force yourself to prepare for it. And, and you always come out the other end. Like, I'm so glad I did that. It's so cool. You just mentioned that. Cause I was actually just talking to Giovanni Marcico. Oh, cool. And he was like, so he gets this feeling too, right? It's like, you know, whether it's like that feeling in your stomach, whether it's, it's almost like anxiety, right? But he started reframing himself, he said, to where whenever he would feel this, instead of feeling like anxious about it, he would say, oh, I'm excited. So he'd come out of a place of where he's, he's just reframing it to where I've got this feeling, I'm excited now. And then that's how he would approach it. And he does it to, to the max with his event. Like I even look at the, the I didn't go to the, this last one, but I saw the video footage of the, this crazy stage production and he goes out on stage for all these people, like my heart's beating for him. You know, <laughs> it's intense. Like and the lights don't make it any calmer. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. So that's the true. Like he sets that up. He sells tickets. He has all these speakers come in, and he's going like that's gone to the head. It's like you have no choice, and he comes out like way bigger. It's just a bigger in life experience. Just people. He enlightens people. Like, so that's the perfect example. And it's crazy because I asked him, because I, I 100% thought that would be a moment before going on stage where you get that feeling. He's like, I don't get that feeling then. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, what? He's like, no. He's like, I don't know what it is. I've never, I've never even been remotely scared to go on stage like that. Wow. Which is shocking to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. What are you most afraid of? Obviously, you have a new business going. It's exciting. But you know the growth trajectory is not always up. So... What are you most scared of? I don't want to sound like I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to like be stumped by this because I'm, I'm so mighty. I'm afraid of <laughs> Like, is there anything, it, it can be outside of business too, by the way, whether it's relationships, whether it's. Bees. <laughs> no. I actually am kind no, of afraid of bees. of bees. If you're yeah. not, you're crazy. <laughs> Some <laughs> people don't get to let it land. That's a thing. Oh, they would. land on their arm and they're like, oh, it, don't, it won't do anything to you. But I cannot do that. Yeah, bee lands on me. <laughs> I run away. I'm freaking out. I'm, so I'm, I'm afraid flailing. of bees. Yeah, I'm afraid of bees. You know, I'm not really afraid of anything that relates to business because at the end of the day, I've been through, I really have been through some serious, serious failure. Like I, when, what I just told you about is clearly me failing to do a great job at keeping my business pipeline full. I was not running the business properly. I'm learning from that. 
but there's more it doesn't even matter but like that's just one of the many bad things that was happening at that time that was the lowest i've ever been in regards to business but i wasn't if i can get through that and be feel chill and i did i felt i kept my cool what else is like what can happen to me like i it's like that's that's business rock bottom so i felt okay i really hope that i stay healthy i think it would be terrible if i had any serious health issue that ever came up i remember i was in the I was taking a shower like three months ago, and I thought I had like my my. Okay, I, I, this okay. I don't know. You said I could say shit, so I'm just gonna you go. You can say whatever this. you yeah. want. Yeah, my, I like my balls hurt a little bit, <laughs> and I just like felt like, oh Jesus, I have ball. Like immediately, I have ball cancer. <laughs> First thought, yeah. and I was just like, I remember like, I went white as a ghost in the shower. It was also like a really hot shower, so I, and I was just like, me, I was a bit dehydrated. I don't know. I went white as a ghost and I was so full of fear and I went to my bedroom after and I laid down and after like 15 minutes, my wife's like, Dan, I'm like, oh, I'm just, uh, just laying down. But it was just like, just like freaking out, but like Googling <laughs> ball cancer. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I think I'm fine. I'm going to go do like a physical, just get checked, but like, I, and I'm fine. But that just for, for some reason I thought I had it and I'm not a hypochondriac. I right. don't often have that, right. but that would be the worst. So, but I don't think anything in, in business, like if you're in the worst possible place, you could possibly in business, you have nothing, you're, you're doomed and there's no way out of it. If you have your health, you have a lot more than a lot of people. So it's 100%, like, I, yeah. I seriously, I don't mean to be all like, I'm not a, some kind of Zen guy. Also, if things are really good, I, I stay chill. I don't get overly excited. It's the flip end, which I think is good too. I don't get, I don't. So you don't go on that emotional roller coaster that a lot of entrepreneurs do. You kind of keep it balanced and even keel. I've been told, and again, I, I do try to, I'd probably have to go talk to some kind of psychologist to figure <laughs> out the root of it. Yeah. If I cared to do that, I don't get, I don't have emotional highs and lows. I'm like, I'm cool. Like I'm, I'm chill. So when things are, I'd say things are going really good right now and i'm very excited i'm very happy about it but i'm not like i don't feel yeah, like cartwheels in the office and yeah and i don't feel like i'm i'm better than i was before i'm just in the process of learning I'm, I'm doing something i love more i don't i'm not cocky about it i know that it can be completely gone tomorrow and i'll and i just i You're, feel chill. Uh, i gotta look real quick what's do you, do you you might not know it offhand but i actually looked at it before before we got on the before we got on the line your linkedin it's like your little bio. It says, I'm an entrepreneur. And it says something like, I try to get better every day. And that kind of like, with everything you just said really encompasses Yeah, I that. don't remember writing that. I haven't updated my LinkedIn, at all, except maybe adding Unbound to mm -hmm. it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a it's perfect summation of everything you just said. Yeah, I, beat a, I, I try to be productive. I try to be effective. I try to go to bed at night thinking I've, I did... Like things happened today. Today has been great. I'm enjoying. I'm really grateful. I've met you. I had. I met some awesome people. Or today's. A, I don't usually have meeting days like this. I had meetings all day, but everyone has been great. And then I have my Friday night work session, which I told you about. Which I'm always. It's. I love it. I'm excited for it. I'll go to bed tonight feeling like that was a good day. I try to have a good day every day, and I'm not like the most optimal person all the time by any stretch. But yeah, that's just. If I could do that, I'm happy. I like it. And to get back, you, I'm glad you brought that up again, your, your Friday night jam session, 9 to 2. 
that's not the only time you guys are working on this business, to be clear. No, that's just the, the that's guaranteed the creative... time. So, so Dima, one of the partners, still ha- he, he, is, he has a full-time job. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, a creative director at an ad agency. He's not going to be making that money anytime soon for Unbound. We're not paying th- that kind of salary. So he gets work done throughout the week and the weekends. But here's our mandatories. We have a, sorry, we have a Monday and Wednesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., just two hours just to get a couple like little things done and to, to calibrate. Anything else is sort of would do remotely. So Demon will do stuff at night. He can do stuff if he has an afternoon off. Friday night's the big man. So we'll just go off and we'd really like catch up. We'll do weekend stuff. I'm seven days a week. Andrew's 80% of his time on it now. We're just working with what time we have. The second, and we're right now, we're saving to be able to like one day, hopefully we're all full time, hopefully sooner than later. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that moment, but we work with what we have. And I think at that point we'll stop doing Fridays. We won't need them. But I'll miss them. It's I'll be- miss them. I really, really. I sometimes we're not as productive because it's the end of the week. But like drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very lax. Yeah, yeah. Work session, but it's just like I think I'm. Mean, I could be drinking beer at a bar and not doing this. But I'm like love the pro. Like I really love it. So it's the absolute best Friday night ever, and I will. I'll be so grateful when we don't need to do it anymore because that means we're all full time and we're all working together all the time. But. For now, it's just the it's my it's one of the highlights. It's it's consistently the highlight of my week. I mean, you'll be able to look once once you guys are all full time and look back. And be like, man, that was those were like that was what you treasure, right? Yeah, usually we'll do it at my place, but sometimes we go over to Dima's. Like tonight, we have to. So when when we do that, I can't drink as much. I drive over his way on the east end. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll have like one maybe, and I drive back. And you know, let's say it's a let's say it's one thirty. Let's say it's two. But I live right in the heart of the entertainment district, so I just see like these savages pouring oh, out yeah. of these bars, of just annihilated. And it just reminds me what Friday night is to like most other people. Exactly. Hey, they can have their fun. Nothing wrong with it. It's just like it's just uh, it's so, like I'm so removed from that now. Like Friday night to me, there's just those three guys. Focus. We get our pilsners. Yep. You know, we don't drink the hard beer. <laughs> That's a lighter, you know, four and a half percent. But I love it so much. That's awesome. If somebody were to come up to you today that maybe maybe they're in a nine to five and they're trying to they have a burning desire to create something similar to what you've created and you could only give them really one directive or one action item that they could walk away with what would you tell that person if they wanted to start a business yeah and they, they didn't just, have any idea they just knew that they wanted to do something they like it hurt so bad so unbound came to us because I told you the backstory about how I, I wish this product exists. There's that whole part. But understanding that this thing could work in a deeper way, like more the mechanics of how this business makes sense, like why I think this could be a profitable, scalable business that has a good, there's the product market. Like all the pieces. I would not even be able to really think of those if it weren't for the sock, which is now like, it's, it's actually starting to look really do pretty well. I'm not working on it at all. The partners are, I have partners and they're doing everything and God bless them for it. They're just like, they don't need me. I think that I was maybe holding them back. I learned just by doing that. I learned that this thing unbound could work because there's little facets of it that I understand. Like it just, the timing of it is made all these little things. If 
I could go back and if I if I had to go back in time and let's say two, three years before starting Hitsu Socks, which is a sock brand, I would have just started anything. I don't care what it is. Just because so, don't go and blow your savings account to like start something if it's not if it's a half baked idea, but get rid of your Friday night if you want. Don't you be a do savage that. coming out of the bar. Yeah, you drink with your friends. <laughs> yeah. Do a project, right? Because you could sell anything. I mean, we can do funny mugs with funny sayings on them. You might not make much money, but so you're, you're just saying in, start testing, start taking action. Like, yeah, you're starting to do things. Yeah. You start to realize if it's not working, you'll have a better understanding of why. It's not just because the idea. Maybe your idea is half baked. Maybe you, maybe you can put it up on Reddit and see people cut it up, and you can get some ideas. But just literally doing anything 100 percent agree i think most people get so paralyzed by trying to come up with the perfect idea or the perfect business or that's not gonna you know change they, they look for these crazy huge ideas like a facebook where they don't realize that simply by starting like i like how you phrased it by starting a project right can change your life just by starting on the journey because you'll you'll start to see Pass and opportunities open up that you would never have seen just staying still. Yeah, it, it could be anything. I remember my my wife and I, we just decided, I don't remember how we came to it, but like, let's just start making soap. So we started making soap. We did, I think we did one batch and it was like not very good soap. Right. <laughs> but we thought, hey, that would be fun. Let's make, because if we can figure out how to make soap and we make really good soap, I mean, we're not going to make much money. So maybe we make really good soap. Maybe we'll get some customers. Maybe we can. Use it for yourself. It. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, we it's, it's kind of a fun activity. So we, and, and you know what? We didn't really feel like doing it that much after the first batch. So don't do it anymore. But it was yeah. fun. Yeah. We got, you know, I learned how to make soap. We got like the the lye and the little mixer and we like put it on the right. Re- the real reason, probably the big deterrent was we live in a, in a condo and there's not enough space to put the racks so we put it in, we have two washrooms. So in one of the washrooms, we put like a rack with like some soap that needs to sit there for a couple of weeks. Maybe if I had an extra room, we'd be making soap still just for fun. But it just got in the way. I'm like, hey, what is this rack doing in my second bathroom? <laughs> but it's like, that is that, I don't know, is that a failure? No, it was like, it was better than Experiment, going. Experiment, right? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, my wife and I went and made some soap once. <laughs> I like it. You can, truth be told, if we did have more room, that would be fun just like in the whole in the art of branding that thing, you know, how you make a really nice package, you know, like the, what's the story creating that is really, would be really cool. It didn't work for us, but do anything. I don't care what you're, if you can, it's just fun to start a business. It doesn't even if it like hits who socks. I hope it does really well. Cause I still have, I mean, I'd like, I started it. I still have shares in the business. Maybe one day it will sell and I'll get a check in the mail, but I connected with my favorite artist, street artist in the city, made really cool. Am I wearing some? Yeah, I'm wearing some right now. Oh, it's awesome. It was just a fun experience, and, and it's probably better than going out and getting drunk and doing nothing. 100% agree. Who's had the most profound impact on your life if you had to pinpoint one person? Like someone I know or yeah. anyone? Sure. Probably my business partner from Biz Media, Justin. I remember the sky's the limit with him. Like just to, if anyone made me believe in myself and just, I remember actually having a conversation. I'm like, everyone knows wants to do something like create, you know, some huge biz. Like I remember having this conversation with him. That's like, why can't you just like, it's weird to say this. Cause it's so, it doesn't seem like me that would have said this. Like I was kind of like, 
there's nothing wrong, and there is nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing wrong with just, you know, just get a job and like, you don't like it. It's fine. Like, I don't, I don't even remember the, the details of that conversation. I remember he like, dude, like you do whatever the hell you want. Like he was the guy to make with it. Yeah. <laughs> and this was, you know, dating back 14 years ago. Yeah. You do whatever you want. It psyched me. And he has been the most, he's the best dude. I've been best friends with him since junior kindergarten. Oh, so you've known him forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the cool. guys I work with now, I've been, you know, we're all like best friends. I've been best buds with them since the third and fourth grade. So, I mean, the same guys have been around in my life that I work with. So he's made, I'd say he has made one of the most dramatic impacts. And uh, I, I can never, ever lose sight of my gratitude for him. Just a, probably one of the greatest humans ever. Love it. Awesome. What are you most excited about that's on the horizon for you? Whether it's travel, personal, professional, what ha- just what has you really stoked? As Two stoked th- as you can be. <laughs> I, Dude, you- I get stoked. I get stoked. <laughs> Two things. Dima, one of my partners, and I were writing a little book on how to travel the world with just the bag, with a backpack. Oh, that's cool. So it's going to be like, it's way beyond. Like, of course, there's like a, a, a a branded interest in it. Like it's right. like, it, it yeah. does talk about Merino wool and it there, there's that part of it, the marketing of it, but we're going really deep comprehensively outside of just the Merino wool aspect. But you know, what's the right bag for you? Like how to pack it, all these little travel hacks, just like we're, we, we have been, and he's taking, he's maxing his vacation days. So we're, we're doing like all his vacation days, spending a little over a, a week with two days where we're going to go get a cottage and just like morning to night, just bang it out. So I'm, I'm just excited to do that. Cause I've never, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful little, it's going to be free, but I'm, I'm excited to just put that together. That's like, it's a project within the project. And I'm going, I, t- I keep talking about this conference. I go every year. It's for EO entrepreneurs organization. I go once a year to their GLC global leadership conference. Cause I serve on the board of the Toronto chapter for EO. I'm going to Germany and I'm excited. I told you I'm meeting a, yep. a dude in Cologne. Cologne. Yeah. So Frankfurt for the conference, and then a couple days in Cologne and a couple days in Amsterdam. So that's that's when I have my downtime. I bring the wife. It's our best time to connect and hang out, and I'm able to like go. For, like I'll probably still be like checking in and involved, but I, I'll be drinking beer all day. <laughs> meeting, like, I love it. Yeah. Because again, this is what this business is about. It's like we've created it to. It's all about this experience. So we, I'm never gonna like lose sight of like that fun, and I'm excited to. I don't. Know, I'm just excited for the whole thing. So I'm excited to spend time and go away, and I'm excited to write that book, and I'm excited about. I'm excited about most things, to be honest. Yeah, I'm excited to see the see the brand and product continue to grow. When are you coming out with the women's line? And do you, do you think it it'll be as successful on the women's side as it would be for the for the men's side? I think it can and should be. There's enormous interest. So we have we get emails every day. Why is there no women's line? It's gonna be a women's line. So if on the website, if you click shop and you click men or women, the men's has our product, the women's is uh, like a landing page. It's like sign up, get your email in, and we'll let you know when it comes out. So we're gonna do another crowdfunding campaign and we're getting tons of sign up. We do our own PR. 
we're reaching out to like magazines, stuff like that. And, and most of them come back and say, Oh, is there a women's line? So oh, not yet. So when you have a women's line, like, so, oh, interesting. so there's a yeah. lot of interest in, in publicity behind it. Cause most of the people that are responding are women and they just want to wait for the yeah. women. So we think it could be really big. I think PR wise, it could be huge. There's, we already have tons and tons of people who signed up. What will it be active wear as well? Or like what, what's the actual product for the women? So here's, yeah. So we're, we're doing uh, a, Tank top, a like a V-neck T-shirt and a long sleeve, and socks. So that's the uh, the initial line. So we started with men. We did the, the two colors of T-shirts in both crew and V, and we did underwear and socks. So we we decided just to do a few different shirt styles and socks for women based off tons of surveys that we did. But everything we make will always be simple basics. Is stuff that does minimal, that, right? Yeah, it, it will never have our brand name on it. It's never like flashy. It looks as good today as it did 10 years ago and as good as it will in 10 years. It's just neutral, classic, simple, well-fitting, nice stuff. So that's the same approach that we have for women's stuff that will feel like they want. They can wear. They know that they can wear in in 10 years from now if they wanted to. And, and that's just this type of stuff we want to do. We're not into being a fashion brand a trend uh trend and yeah so when we do our research which is very much around like is this like is this cut a classic cut like it's and this is so much more complicated with women men are simple as hell man (laughs) i say like when we get the research like yeah like people want like i like a black v-neck yeah this is the one i buy like they tell (laughs) they tell me like like what they like and it's simple it's just like a t-shirt Women are complicated, man. It's like they're like uh, I try to say like if you had like your staple shirt, what would be your go-to? That just try to identify yeah, like yeah. what would be the one that you could wear in the most versatile with the most versatility on a trip. And they're like, well, I have this shirt like a V-neck and it's white, it's loose, and I can tie it here. And I can put on the cute necklace, and it's like there's so much more to that shirt. So it's it's a challenge because now we have way more we're doing. Like these Friday night sessions are not just about the women's exactly, life. Exactly. Yeah. So it's less time to do something that's more complicated that we have no right to have an opinion on outside of like getting other people's opinions and surveys. So it's, I mean, it's coming together, but it's so much tougher. Love it. But it's really, it's really coming together. We're stoked. I'm excited to see where it goes, man. And I'm excited to get, to get my own, to get my own clothes. I'm going to try to get it to you before you get back to. Dude, that'd be amazing. The good old San Diego. That'd be amazing. You're in where? In La Jolla? Yeah, in La Jolla. I didn't make it there. My wife went and apparently it's just like, it's just it's paradise, beautiful. right? No, it's beautiful. It is <laughs> on the younger side of the demographic, though. It's older, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a retirement part of San Diego, Everybody right? on my street is, I'm not kidding, probably 70 or older. No, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and I'm early 30, so little, little discrepancy, but... The, you, you, you live the, like, the ethos of Unbound. Like, you went oh, to I'm, San Diego. I'm telling you, man. And, you, I mean, you told me before you were from Georgia, you just moved yeah and and between then i've i've lived in four different countries for wow. three months or longer we're going my wife and i are going to scotland in june for a month and then probably italy for a month after that so unbound reno's me seriously man i love it so really happy to have you in here and I'm glad you could make the time to come in and chat really appreciate it i know your time's valuable but until next time man hey thanks so much it's great to meet you you as well talk to you later 
All right. So you can find Dan at Dan Dembski on Twitter. That's at Dan Dembski. And of course, all the links and resources Dan and I discuss, including more information on his current venture, Unbound Merino, can be found at the page we created especially for this episode. That'll be found at failon.com slash 024. And also, if you want that promo code for a big discount on all Unbound Merino apparel and merchandise, just put in failon, F-A-I-L-O-N, and the promo code on their site when you check out, and you'll get a discount. And next week, we are sitting down with Cameron Harold. Cameron is the business growth guru, strategist. The guy's done some amazing things in his career. He's a best-selling author, award-winning speaker, and honestly, one of the most well-respected entrepreneurs that I know as the CEO, not, not CEO, but as the COO of Wait 800 Got Junk. He took them from $4 million in revenue up to over $100 million. We have a great chat. Definitely don't want to miss it. And of course, if you're finding value in this podcast and it has the wheels turning a little bit and it's got the ideas going, please email me at rob at and let me know what your biggest struggle is, whether you're getting started, whether you're running into failure, whether you're scared of failure, would love to hear it. And as I continue to build out fail on with the simple goal of helping people embrace failure, share their struggle and decide once and for all to create change in their lives, I'd be really grateful if you could help me out with just a couple things. Subscribing to the podcast takes a single click and helps the show get found by more people. And when people can find it, it means it can help more people, which means in return, you are helping people by simply subscribing. To subscribe and rate and review, very easy. Just visit failon.com slash iTunes or failon.com slash Stitcher. That's all for this episode of the Fail On Podcast. For more resources, show notes, and action items to help you find success in your failures, sign up for our mailing list at failon.com. For more actionable inspiration, we'll catch you next time right here on the Fail On Podcast.